Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. This is Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter Paige Baumert. Hi Paige. Hello. Paige, today we are going to talk about the enforcers, okay? We're going to be talking about good cops and bad cops. I think there's a lot of people in their family relationships who feel like one parent plays the good cop and one parent plays the bad cop. And the good cop is always worried about friendly, nice things and being their friend and making people feel good and showing that they care. And the bad cop is always the one who has to hold everybody accountable. They've got to crack down on all the problems. The bad cop often makes it seem like the the children need to fear them in some way. Right. And good cop, bad cop does not mean one's a girl, one's a boy every time. You know, sometimes mom's the bad cop, sometimes dad's the bad cop. But this is a really common thing that happens. What we're going to be talking about in this podcast is how it happens, why it happens, and what we can do to break out of good cop, bad cop, and get on the same page in our parenting. Some key things that parents can do to have more self-government, understanding, love, and consistency all at the same time in their parenting. But before we do that, we are going to share, as is a tradition here on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast, a fun family activity. Paige, what types of fun do you have in mind for us today? Well, I have a massive sweet tooth, so a lot of my fun revolves around sweets. But (laughs) um, one thing that I remember loving doing and learning how to do was making homemade ice cream. And growing up, we actually did have an ice cream maker, you know, one that you plug in outside and it goes and stirs it in the middle. Um, But there was one time we learned how to make homemade ice cream with plastic bags. So you had two plastic bags, like a sandwich and then like a gallon bag. And you would fill the sandwich bag with the stuff you want in your ice cream. So all the ice cream ingredients. Um, And then you would put it in the gallon bag, which had ice cubes and rock salt or even just normal salt because the salt is what makes it cold and then you would just like shake up the bag for a long time and then you'd have ice cream but that I thought was really really cool to learn and it's really fun to do as a family because then you each can have your own flavor of ice cream your own whatever you want in your ice cream because it's your own personal proportion mm-hmm. I was gonna say make sure not eat as much because no, that too <laughs> when you make the burnt almond fudge ice cream in the ice cream maker. How can you just stop at one serving? It's too hard. That ice cream is so good. By the way, if you you want any of my recipes for ice cream, which actually I've taken from grandmas and great grandmas. Anyway, um, they are in a series of recipe books. So my mother wrote a series of four recipe books and there's a whole one all dedicated to desserts. It's on the teachingselfgovernment.com website. And just so you know, these four recipe books, every recipe in them nearly uh, is modified or can be modified for gluten-free if that's a way that you happen to eat or if you know somebody who eats that way. But 
ice cream is uh, pretty much naturally gluten-free unless you put something <laughs> it's not dairy in it. free though <laughs> no definitely not anyway but if you want to look up some of those recipes they are there which is a lot of fun yeah we do really favorites. love ice cream that that is a thing and every time that i am self-governing the food <laughs> intake i'm like bye-bye ice cream and just have like a spoonful here and there <laughs> yes 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 anyway so love the love the idea of homemade ice cream super fun your hands will get a little bit of cold if you do the baggy technique i know that oftentimes we took towels i remember and wrapped them around the bags and then still shaked it <laughs> you know shook it because of the the towels would keep our hands a little bit warmer, but super fun. Okay. So on the teaching self-government podcast, we look at every topic that we're discussing through the lens of self-government page. What does self-government mean to you? So self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of my own behaviors so that I can control them. Yeah. That is a really powerful definition because it really is all about you choosing to control you instead of thinking, who can I control today, right? (laughs) (laughs) Which can be pretty natural for people with like red personalities, if you're familiar with the color code or super strong personalities. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes we think the best way to make a happy world is for everyone to do everything I want, right? (laughs) But that's actually not good self-government. It's actually pretty bad kind of selfish leadership. So we have to be really careful. Um, This is something that can that can be tempting for, for people. But if we recognize that good leadership and making a good impact on other people's hearts always is going to come back to what we have done for our own heart, what condition our heart is in. And if we are choosing to control us and our children learn self-government by watching us govern ourselves by seeing, Oh, that's the way that an adult lives, but also They learn self-government when we teach them skill and then another skill, and we show them how to correct themselves, how to instruct themselves, how to move themselves forward to accomplish more of what they feel like they need to be doing with their lives. So if you want your child to learn to live according to a schedule, like wake up in the morning on time, go to bed on time, all that other kind of stuff, then um, you're going to need to teach them some of the skills first. Otherwise they usually don't just naturally come to it anyway. So let's talk about self-government and the self-government is obviously going to be our solution in this one. But what I'd like to do before we get to some of our self-government solutions and some things that you can do in a self-government or self-governed way to help improve your parenting. I'd first like to just get into what is happening with the, the good cop and the bad cop. So Paige, I'm sure you've met people or seen people over the years with all of your years of, of mentoring and traveling around with me where there's these people who um, they both have the best intentions for their children. They mm-hmm. both want their child to be strong, to be happy, to be productive. They want all these things, but they go about it in a different way. And then this can create some problems. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So it's, it's basically when one parent decides, it's almost like one parent decides to be a friend and the other person decides to be the enforcer. So, um, you know, hence the term good cop, bad cop. 
Um, but and it's not always each parent who stays the same. A lot of times it can be. Um, so oftentimes I would hear my friends, you know, growing up would say, oh, I just, I just avoid my mom at all costs because she just gets me in trouble and she just yells at me and tells me what to do all the time. And, but I love hanging out with my dad because he's just super chill and we have a lot of good time together. And I'm Mm. like, huh, that's interesting. And so, um, yeah, I've seen lots of that. Yeah, it's super common. Here's the thing is, it's really common for one parent to be like, I'm going to be your friend. That's so awesome. And then the other parent to go, whoa, then who is going to fix all the problems, right? (laughs) Because they see all the problems. and They're like, my child is going to turn out to be totally selfish unless somebody does something. So then they become more of that fear-based parent, right? Instead of that friend parent. But then here's the other thing. There are some parents, and I think you kind of hit on this a little bit. There are some parents who flip-flop between good cop, bad cop themselves, right? Mm -hmm. One minute they're going to be the friend. And then where they're like, my child is not towing the line. And they try friend a little bit more being good cop. And then child is still not towing the line and whatever it is that the child's supposed to be doing. Maybe they're not doing their chores or they're not helping out or something. Then what that that person does is they flip and they turn into bad cop. They're like, okay, listen, if you do not get this stuff done, you're not going to have this. You're give me your phone. You're not going to have friends. You're not going to have what. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they just drop down the heavy. Cause they're like, I got to start threatening here. Yeah, no, I, I actually see that a lot. I've seen it portrayed a lot in media with single parents when there isn't someone else to mm. lay down the law. Um, so like, okay, well I have to be both. Um, or, you know, sometimes one is just one, one's just the other, but um honestly like it happens with every relationship whether it's single parenting or not but um the truth is like how you should be handling that situation is not on that spectrum at all mm-hmm. you shouldn't be flip-flopping anywhere on that spectrum you shouldn't be flip-flopping at all there's a whole separate spectrum that which we talked about uh, or which we talk about in our popular parenting methods and um that comes in CD and book form, but it talks about those three different styles of parenting that people use. And we talked about the modern progressive, which is parents who are like, okay, I'll just be your friend. And then there's the bullying fear-based, which is, you know, you're going to do this, or this is going to happen, you know, putting the foot down type of thing. But then we talk about um, traditional strict, which is on a completely different plane. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The traditional strict parent is the one who focuses on the condition of the heart. Mm -hmm. the condition of their heart, the condition of the child's heart, and everything is about a change of heart, which ultimately means a change of behavior too, right? Yeah. Well, because the the heart is what it's, what's at the behavior or at the root of the behavior, excuse me. mm -hmm. So, and a study of the condition of the heart will change behavior so much faster than a study of behavior ever will. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Now that doesn't mean that sometimes you don't have to say, okay, we're changing the behavior. (laughs) <laughs> and then the heart recognizes, oh, that was actually a good choice. Sometimes that, yeah. that occurs, you know, um, the ideal would be to say, this is a good choice. And the, and the behavior just goes, oh, yes, I will be in alignment with that. But not every child or person is like that. So we have to keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's the thing that we need to consider. And I, I'm glad you mentioned single parents because oftentimes they feel like, where is my good, my good cop or my bad cop to counter yeah. me? I'm going to have to do both. But I think that's a, um, 
a misnomer that somebody has to be the good cop and somebody has to be the bad cop. We don't. One parent does not have to be the heavy. That's not required. In fact, my husband and it's I... It's more be the consistent. Yeah, my husband and I decided that on either side of that was manipulation. So if you're oh, on totally that is. spectrum going between friend and the heavy or between good cop and the bad cop, and you're trying to find somewhere in between, you are looking for the right place to manipulate emotions. And you are using your emotions to do that. And that means you're emotionally invested and you're not always thinking logically. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is you're focused on getting an emotional response instead of what am I teaching? Who am I? Who are well, they? Because sometimes you don't feel like it's working unless the child starts crying or unless you can tell the child is hurting or when you feel like you can tell that you've gotten across. Mm-hmm. Well, this just that just goes to show you actually how cause and effect motivated we are. So everything that we do, if we make a decision, maybe for our, like, say we change a, a diet, okay, we, we want results like immediately, we're like, okay, tomorrow, I want to lose one pound. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, we, we want it to be like Well, you that might fast. if it's water weight, but... <laughs> Yeah, but there you go. But what I'm saying is, is like we want to see the effects of everything. Yeah, especially in this day and age. And so when we're parenting our children, when we tell them, oh, I love you, the effect is this big, warm, cozy hug, and I love you too, mommy, and it comes that fast, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then when they're doing something wrong or they're being oppositional, and we say, no, this cannot happen because we're being the bad cop maybe and then we want them to show us that they understood that we are powerful and that they have experienced the right fear that we wanted them to experience so that bad cop worked right right well all of that is manipulation if we are waiting for some sort of um emotional signal to come back from another person from our emotions yes we're focusing on cause and effect but we are focusing on trying to manipulate emotionally the outcomes or the effects which is not very good and it truly does not keep in mind who the people are that we're even working with and I think that's the biggest thing you know who are we who are who are the children you know what is the role of a child? How would you describe, you know, the role of a child, Paige? The role of a child is really to learn and to be guided and to become, you know, the person they need to be in the future. So it's, it's all very guided. Um, they're the learner. Mm-hmm. They're not the they're teacher. Mm-hmm. And so whatever you teach them, they're going to learn, whether that's you verbally teaching them or what they see you doing. Yeah, they're learning all the time. I mean, that is the role. And now you people might say, well, everybody's learning all the time. Well, that's true. But their stewardship. Especially younger children. Specifically. Specifically, their stewardship is I have to learn so that I can become a teacher. Mm-hmm. Like that's where they're at when they are young like that. And so if the parent just says, well, you're just my friend now, then guess what they're doing? They're, they're not acknowledging that the child needs to learn. They need to be taught. So what they're doing is they're hoping that the child will be the teacher of themselves. Which the is child, very dangerous and pretty much impossible. Yeah, they're putting a child in a teacher and learner role. Well, how about you be the teacher and the learner and whatever you pick is fine. 
And then what happens is the child's like, I don't know what to do. And the child makes mistakes or bad choices. And then the parents like, how come you broke the law? How come? Yeah, and then the you know, parents whatever. flip out because like you didn't do it right or you screwed up. Yeah. And then every decision then ends up going back to the worth of the child. Like, mm-hmm. well, I didn't turn out good or I messed up or I broke the laws. I'm not a good person. Yeah. When in reality, they just learned the really hard knocks way. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's better if the parent remembers, wait, I am a teacher. I have to nurture my child and teach my child, protect my child, provide for my child. Those are all words that point at teaching the child. They all do. So the yeah. child is, or the parent is teacher. The child is learner. And if we remember that we acknowledge those roles and we acknowledge ourselves as teacher, then we're going to end up doing more teaching of the heart, training of the heart, instead of reacting with emotion and, and being a good cop or a bad cop. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that we need to keep in mind is the good cop and the bad cop. If we're playing those games, both sides, the one that's being the friend and the one that's being the heavy, are both actually being prideful. So whenever you are in a state of manipulating your child to try and get a certain outcome, this is actually a prideful type moment. Mm-hmm. Now I know that's kind of hard to take. Well, and sometimes it's <laughs> hard know, to understand. Like, like I love them so much and I'm giving them so much and I care <laughs> so much, but, but what you really want is a certain outcome and you are, and you are trying everything to manipulate, to get it, whether it's mm-hmm. one side or the other. Yeah. And this is actually something I have recently learned more about and realized just how you know prideful it can be. Uh, there's something that's, Uh, my husband was doing that was really annoying to me. (laughs) And I was just like, Oh my gosh, I can't handle this. I need to fix it. And so I tend to have a tendency to be the heavy. Uh, That's just kind of who I am. Cause when I see something wrong, I need to fix it. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I found myself nagging at him and like saying, Oh, you're doing that again, you know, and just being almost passive aggressive about it. And I wouldn't say almost. That's oh, no, I was. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Let me be honest with myself. <laughs> I was being passive aggressive. Um, yeah. And I realized recently, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I am being so prideful. I am so worried about his behaviors that I'm not worrying about my own and I'm not properly mm. analyzing my own. And so I realized that my nagging was so prideful of me because he makes decisions for himself. Yes, we are a team. Yes, we are equal partners. But he has to come to know for himself that, you know, what he's doing, I see is detrimental to, you know, something in the future. But he has to come to see that for himself as well. Mm-hmm. And I've, he knows that it annoys me. We had a lovely conversation about it, a very understanding conversation. Um, and so now it's up to me to be patient. And to be, to be patient is to be humble. And to wait. So patience is different than just throwing in the towel. <laughs> so oh, that's sure. that's something I discovered because patience means there's hope. When you throw in the towel, there is no hope. You have you've you're done with hope. And you're just like, well, I give up. So I've realized I'm like, oh, you know, I I will be patient with him. It's gonna be hard, yes. And I'm still gonna be annoyed, yes, but I will choose 
not to be annoyed and I will choose to let it go. And it was interesting because as soon as I realized that, it was almost like this weight came off my shoulders and I was able to see my husband for the wonderful man that he is and the wonderful man that I married instead of this Just annoying thing. Yeah, yeah, this annoying thing that he's doing and that's you know getting on my nerves all the time. And it was it was a wonderful realization to realize, oh, the problem in this situation is me. The problem mm-hmm. isn't the problem. The problem is how you see the problem. Mm-hmm. And that was something I learned in one of my classes. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you're so right. And so I realized I was being the bad cop in my own marriage. <laughs> I'm like, oh shoot, I guess we'll fix well, that. This can happen in any relationship. <laughs> but one thing I want to bring to your attention is when you made this change, when you experienced a change of heart and you decided to self-govern you, to control you, you actually, by focusing on patience instead of forcing someone and nagging someone to make a behavior shift, what you did is you focused on principle. Mm-hmm. So now there's many people who might be listening, thinking, okay, but when it's my child, I can't just like let it all go, right? And well, just that, that's a bit so different. Here's, <laughs> well, so here's the thing. That's why we're talking about roles. Mm-hmm. So we mentioned the roles and what each person's role is. If you are a teacher, you do have a moral obligation to teach. You can't just let things just go and slip under the rug. But like so, teach also comes by example, like we talked about earlier. So yes. I was, um, this morning, I was kind of miffed at something and I decided, you know what, I'm just going to shower. I'm going to get myself ready for the day. And then I'm going to work on things that I see that need to be worked on. So I showered and I got ready and then I started doing the dishes and cleaning up the kitchen. And, um, I realized that a little bit later, uh, my husband had gone into the bedroom and had made the bed, which we hardly ever make the bed. Um, <laughs> don't judge, but <laughs> I don't know if, if you should admit that but I know anyway, some people don't care about making their, beds I know. <laughs> but I went in there a little bit later. I'm like, Oh my goodness, he made the bed. That's awesome. You know? And so instead of focusing on, Oh, well, he didn't do this and this and this and this, he just made the bed, you know, instead I went, Oh my goodness, he made the bed and I didn't even ask him to. And so mm-hmm. a little bit later when he was done with his class, I said, thank you so much for making the bed. It looks great. And so I chose to praise him and be grateful instead of focus on everything else that I, you know, wish he would have done. Well, and the key thing was how you felt at the end of that, right? Because if you're noticing the good, then you, you, you get rid of that. Like you get the bad out looking for the bad. It just takes up valuable space Mm -hmm. inside your brain and in your heart. So you look for the good, you praise the good. I always tell parents they should praise their children six to 10 times for every one time you correct them. So this is the same rule for anybody. People need to hear way more positive, 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 Mm -hmm. positive, 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 positive. Okay. One negative. (laughs) Positive, positive. That's the way it should sound for children, for Mm -hmm. spouses, for friends, for coworkers. It should sound like this person is incredibly grateful for me. So if they have to tell me one thing that needs to fix once in a while, that's okay. But honestly, we kill that sometimes Mm -hmm. in a bad way. We we don't do that. We miss the mark on that one is what I'm trying to say. So that's something that I found. I'm like, okay, I'm going to inspire him more by okay we'll have a meaningful conversation about it in a time where we're both calm and then I'm just going to continue working on me and my actions will you know in the end inspire him to become a better person 
Mm-hmm. And well, so, you cho- you chose to be proactive instead yeah. of reactive, and that's exactly. an important thing. Okay, so when you make a plan and you decide, listen, I'm going to focus on me, and I'm going to trust that he can focus on him, mm-hmm. right? Trust is when, a big thing. That's a principle. Okay, it's a principle. Now, with your children, this is how the principle works: is you focus on you, major. You focus on you, super important. And then you do the teaching for them of all the things that they need. Okay. So if they need to know how to follow instructions, accept no answers, disagree appropriately, you know, skills like that, you teach them the skills that they need. And then you praise when it goes well and you correct when it doesn't go well, when they don't do it, but your correction is done in such a calm way. That's not reactive. It's very much like, okay, this is a teaching moment, right? Instead of a nag, a gripe, a frustration that I'm airing or something like that. Instead, it keeps that person in mind and their efforts in mind. So the tone that you carry with that teaching that you do with your children can make all the difference, all the difference, whether you turn into Good cop, bad cop, or just principled, no cop at all. Principled parent. How about we, <laughs> good cop, bad cop, or principled parent? Let's, How about let's consistent principle teaching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That sounds like good. So let's talk about how to get rid of the, the good cop, bad cop dynamic. Mm-hmm. So um, you have to switch, like I mentioned, from manipulation to principles and skills. As long as you stay manipulating somebody and trying to get a certain reaction out of somebody, um, retaliating against someone, that's all manipulative stuff. Um, not talking to somebody because your feelings are hurt. That's all manipulation. So long as you stay in there, you are not principled and you've Mm -hmm. got to remember that. So if you're not going to be manipulative, which is a super good choice, then what you've got to do is you've got to have some other way to solve your problems. So in comes principles and skills. Okay. So principles and skills are what you want to be putting into practice. You want to teach your children exactly how you're going to correct the problems, what you're going to be using to uh, fix the situations in a calm way. You want to tell them there's going to be these tone elements. There's going to be these structural elements. This is how we're going to talk about it. If I do anything wrong, you know, I don't follow through in the way I should have been. This is how I'm going to fix it. And you plan with the child. Yeah, that pre-teaching is very nice. It's huge. It's huge. And then you trust that as you follow through on the program, exactly as you've outlined it for the child, that the child is also going to learn by principle. Mm-hmm. They're not going to learn by emotional manipulation. They're not going to be like, well, they you learn- just have to make my mommy happy. So I'm going to do this. <laughs> well, or just follow instructions. Cause that's what you should do because that's how you honor parents. I mean, it's just, you're a child, you're a learner. I'm a parent, mm-hmm. I'm a teacher. You follow the instructions because you honor and, and because you need to learn how to give yourself instructions for the future. Yeah. But it's also helpful for them to see you go through that process that you just made and follow through with it because that shows them that you're following principle and that you're following the plan that you made for yourself. It gives them a good example of Mm -hmm. how they can also follow principle. They might not be able to put their finger on it, but they will remember that example and those times 
People might be wondering, what's a principle? Are you just talking about rules? And we do have an entire podcast that we did about rules versus principles. Mm -hmm. And so definitely check that out because we're not going to go into tons of detail here about principles, but I will just say there's a difference. So something like um, following an instruction from your parents, okay, that's honoring your parents. That's a principle. Okay. If you follow instructions from your parents, but a rule might be something like you have to make your bed every morning by 9am. That's a rule. Okay. It can change. I could very easily say you make your bed every morning by noon. I, I could very easily say you have to make your bed before you eat breakfast. I mean, I could change it at, at any moment. That's how you know it's a rule, but you need to follow instructions is a principle because it goes back to an even greater truth, which is the children are supposed to honor their father and their mother, their parents. So um, that's, that's how you know the difference between principles and rules. So being able to accept no answers, that's a principle. Disagreeing appropriately with someone, that's a principle, right? So, and the key and the, the things that are spelled out, the steps to those different skills like like you should look at the person, keep a calm face, voice, and body, those kinds of things. Those are, those are uh, other principles. Sometimes some of them are like little rules. Like you need to look at a person when you talk to them because the principle is I'm going to connect to you and I'm okay with you talking to me and instructing me. So, um, so keep that in mind. There is a difference between those things. And um, if we're not going to manipulate, we're going to have way less rules and far more principles and skills that we're going to be using instead. Well, so if you're focused on the principles, it decreases the amount of rules you have to make in the first place. Totally. That is 100% true. 100%. So anyway, listen to that other podcast because we're not going to be able to cover all that here. <laughs> um, anyway, so another thing that you can do. So number one thing to get rid of good cop, bad cop, and just to be a principled parent is live by principle, understand the difference between principles and, and rules, um, and inc- implement skills that are principle-based skills, okay? Some of the ones I've already been mentioning. And as a parent, your correction needs to be principle-based too. So when you're correcting your child, that should be a principle, something that you know, I, I have to do this. It's a duty. It's a principle. It's not just a rule. It's not just... Um, something that I feel like I should do this one-off time, but I I do that. I'm the teacher. Okay. And then uh, be honest about your bad habits. That's important. You will continue to make excuses for your behavior and Mm -hmm. fall into habits like good cop, bad cop, unless you're honest about them. So you have to say, okay, this is my bad habit. I get angry, I yell, or I immediately in my head start thinking, you're not listening to me, even if a person might be listening to me. And so I need to be honest that this is what happens to me. And if I can be honest about that, then I can fix it because I can say, okay, I'm getting rid of that habit and I'm now going to replace it with one of these skills. So. Yeah, well, and that honesty actually brings people closer together. So um, my husband, Joseph, and I were very open about our shortcomings. <laughs> and we we say, you know, I've realized that I have an issue with micromanaging because that's something I've recognized about me recently. And, um, you know, so this is, what, this is my goal and these are my plans. I'm going to, you know, do this and this and this. And I just want you to be aware of that so that if I am struggling, you can help me in this way. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been really helpful for us, um, especially as I've been open about 
different things, he's come to me to be like, okay, so, you know, I've noticed that there's this problem that I do and I don't want to do it anymore. So, you know, I'm going to be working on it. I just want you to be aware. And um, if you ever see me doing this, this is how you can help me, Mm. you know? And I'm like, okay, perfect. So we just have an open, honest conversation and it's brought us closer together because we know we can be honest with each other. Mm-hmm. So, and it's the same way with your kids. You know, if, if you, as a parent in all humility, you say, you know, I've recognized that I have an issue with yelling or short temperedness and I'm sorry that that has been an issue. So um, I've made some plans of how I'm going to change it and uh, this is how, you know, I'm going to be accountable for it. And I guess you could be accountable to your children if you want. Obviously, um, there's, you know, respect and rules that happen there. Happen there, So um, kind of be careful with that. But it's it's awesome for the kids to see, oh, wow. You know, mom and dad, they, they, they know that they're not perfect. And look at them. They're trying mm-hmm. to fix their problems. Because I know there were times growing up that you would come to us and you'd be like, hey, you know, I'm, I made a mistake here. And so I'm going to fix it. And this is how I'm fixing it. And I just want you guys to be aware of that. And -hmm. those were moments where I actually, wow, mom is so mature. Look at mom go, you know, (laughs) mom is mature. (laughs) I hope so. So this brings us to another thing that you need to do. And that's, um, you've got to redo the bad moments. Mm -hmm. If you want to get out of those bad habits of being a good cop or a bad cop, and by the way, remember each one of those is manipulative. They're bad. Neither of them are the Both best. Both are bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, you need to redo the bad bits, right? When you go, okay, I just fell into that old habit again. So what's the skill I should have used? Okay, I'm going to redo it. So that's when I would come to you guys and I would say, you know, I think I need to redo that situation that just happened. We, I didn't do it right. I didn't stay calm. I didn't use my skill and I need to use my skill that I know how to use. So that's huge. There is nothing wrong with redoing something like Paige says, it shows your children, you're human. Uh, you're not perfect. And it's not about being perfect. It's about progressing and about, um, overcoming some of your you know, problems that you might have and replacing them with self-government and some of that self-empowerment. So anyway, another thing that I think is really important, and for me, this one is a big one, and that is the bonding with the child. So um, when you're in a good cop, bad cop thing, the bonding is very, it's kind of phony. That's, I hate to say that. I mean, you love no, the it child is because so you're, you're defending your own behaviors. Yeah. And because it's manipulative because mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I'm going to be really nice so that they stop crying. I'm going to tell them <laughs> I understand that so that they're uh, done having a problem, you know, or whatever that even is not the best of bonding. So when you really bond with someone and you really understand someone, you should be able to have good, open, honest discussions about it. Now, mm-hmm. there have been multiple people over the years. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm sure more than I ever even know <laughs> who I've taught them the principles and skills of self-government. And they will say to me, okay, I'm trying to use these skills. I'm trying to have conversations with my children. My child will not talk to me. They hate me. They will not talk to me. And so then they're very, very worried about, well, then what do I do? Because it's almost like they're forcing me to be bad cop. 
because I used to be bad cop. I don't want to be bad cop anymore. I'm trying to use principles and skills. And now it's like the child is not responding. The child only responds to good cop, bad cop. So I have to explain to them, listen, your child has a habit too for how they interact with you. They are in the habit of just manipulating you. All the working the system. Yeah, it's, it's a power struggle and they're working the system. Exactly. And so when you start going toward principle, every person involved has to be held accountable for their own behaviors. Mm-hmm. As soon as you do power struggle, you can try to blame, 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 blame. Everybody just blames. But once you go to principle and skill, everybody says, uh-oh, I'm not self-governing me. I've got to improve on self-governing me. And that makes all the difference. And when a person does that, then you can improve all of the problems. You can solve the problems, the bonding improves. So how do you help a person get to that place? That's important. A big piece of it is the bonding. Mm -hmm. So you need to look at your child with your own calm face, voice, and body. And no matter what's happening, thinking, I love you. I love you. And this isn't good cop. This is the hundred percent principled truth. I love you. I know you're not happy right now. You can be thinking in your head. <laughs> I know you're not, but I love you. It's okay. And then what you do is you, you, with that love in your heart and that love in your voice and that caring in mind, you consistently correct them for what they're doing because they are controlling. And when a person is controlling, it throws off all the roles and then that person can't be taught. They, they are not a learner and you are not a teacher. And when, when learners are not learners and teachers are not teachers, the result is dysfunction and oftentimes contention. And so that bonding that you have as you do that correction with the child is really going to be the thing that ends up bringing them back around. Now, at first they might fight. They might say, this isn't going to work for me no matter what, you know, and that kind of thing, but they will come around in time because principle wins out. And that's the thing that you have to remember. So I think at the end of the day, okay, if we boil it all the way down, if you're playing good cop, bad cop, you're manipulating and it doesn't feel comfortable anyway, because you're manipulating and it's not based on principle Mm -hmm. And so there's more fights, always more fights. But when you focus in on principle, then the hearts change. And then there doesn't need to be good cop, bad cop. There doesn't need to be manipulation. The principle wins out in the end. Although sometimes you might have to to wait months before the principle finally gets all the way through, especially Mm -hmm. if you've got a child. Which can be hard. Yeah, a child or a spouse maybe or whatever who is, you know, a little oppositional or a little hard headed <laughs> or whatever or it could uh, even be like slow learner. Oh, could be. Yeah. Some people just, well, it's just a habit. You know, you just have a habit. that's really hard to break. It's hard to break habits, you know? And so that could be a thing too, but yeah, it's the principle. If you focus in on the principle, you don't need to worry about having a good cop or a bad cop or being one or the other, because you will be the principled parent that always feels safe predictable understanding and bonded in so so good so good if you would like to learn more about being a principal parent and conquer some of this good cop bad cop stuff at teachingselfgovernment.com there are so many resources there the teaching self-government parenting course 
is absolutely one of the best things that I offer people. It is incredible training. It comes with a support group. So you can ask me questions. It comes with training by certified mentors like Paige. She is one of the mentors who does a lot of the training on there, but it also has an online course with modules that you go through. It is a fantastic thing and can help you not have to be that good cop, bad cop anymore. So please look at that at teachingselfgovernment.com and we will talk to you again next time on the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.